This is a CNA podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Pain. When it comes to controlling, dealing, or managing chronic pain, for a lot of people, it involves leaning on non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, your NSAIDs, you know, you've heard about your ibuprofens, your uh, aspirins, prescribed opioids like morphine and codeine. And if you're dealing with chronic pain, depending on the cause, of course, there's so many different versions from nerve pain to muscular pains to fibromyalgia. It's going on and on for weeks, months, years in many cases. It may not always be a good idea to only think that you can only get relief from reaching out for a painkiller. There are other aspects that we want to understand in terms of pain management. And that's why I'm joined on today's edition by Dr. Bernard Lee, a consultant pain specialist and CEO of the Singapore Pain Centre. Dr. Lee, welcome to the show. Hi there. Hi, Daniel. Nice to have you. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the idea and concept of chronic pain. So it's like there's acute pain, you've had a traumatic injury, you, you pulled a muscle. <clears throat> that's like the acute injury. It's there for a little while. When does it become chronic pain, Dr. Lee? Yeah, so taking your example of the um, acute injury, you sprain your ankle, you twisted your back, you hurt your shoulder. Um, and if the pain persists for more than six weeks to three months, then we call this a chronic pain condition. So a chronic pain condition has to start somewhere. So it starts from an acute pain and it progresses on to a chronic pain. So once across that time frame of three months, we'll call this a chronic pain. Now, there's a whole host of things that can lead to chronic pain, isn't there? From, from a slip disc to nerve pains, fibromyalgia. I mean, there's really a lot of things, aren't there? How would you roughly distinguish the different causes of chronic pain? Absolutely. So when we talk about chronic persistent pain, so anything that persists right for more than three months and pain just keeps coming and going, and um, we categorize them into three broad categories. Firstly, is that... Um, what we uh, commonly used to, to say that the uh, pain itself is, um, the pain generator is obvious. There is a, a source of inflammation, a source of injury. To give you some examples would be things like, uh, just now you mentioned the slip disc. So the slip disc is pressing on a nerve and therefore it is there. The nerve is being compressed and it sends off pain in that order. If there is a cancer and the cancer is still eating up the bones and the surrounding tissue and causing um, swelling and edema, there is a, a source of pain there. Or the, um, the usual kind of um, degenerative kind of pain like uh, arthritis, arthritis of the knee, you will find that uh, there is an ongoing source because there's inflammatory uh, pain generators, so like the bone rubbing on bone, causing inflammation. So this, this, these examples are all grouped into what we call a chronic inflammatory pain condition. It can be degenerative. It can be just ongoing injury. So this is a one broad categories whereby most of us, whether it's the doctors or patients, we are very clear about that. The second group. Uh, they are what we call more like uh, the cause is not so obvious. We can't seem to see or pinpoint where the pain generator is. Giving you an example would be things like a migraine, a tension headache, 
Where is the pain generator? We can scan the head. We can't find anything wrong with the head, but yet the pain is very real. A sensitive tooth is very sensitive. When you bite onto it, it's so painful, but uh, yet when you can turn the tooth upside down, you scan it inside out and you can't find anything wrong. There's no, there's no decay. There's nothing wrong with the gums, et cetera, et cetera. Some conditions that are not so familiar with the public will be things like uh, trigeminal neuralgia. We call this a facial pain. So the pain that involves the nerve of the face, and this is, we call it the mother of all pain. It's really painful. It's like a sensitive tooth, except multiplied, amplified by 10 times, 100 times. It's so painful and nothing, it's not triggered by anything. You don't even need to do anything. The, the wind can blow onto the face and it can wow. be just triggers off the pain and it's so painful the patient will tear, the patient will wince, the patient will not be able to open the mouth. So trigeminal neuralgia, if we search and try to look for the pain generator, you will not be able to find it because there's no inflammatory source at all. So that's the thing, because, sorry, was there one more area? Sorry. Yeah, he's giving you a, a other examples to support this. Uh, we call this, uh, the entire group of this is called like a nerve pain, mm. whereby we call this a functional pain. So there can be uh, a nerve irritation, nerve injury. Another group of uh, pain conditions will be like shingles. Shingles is like persistent, painful, always there. And yeah, shingles because the chicken pox affects the uh, nerves and it destroys the nerves and causing a lot of nerve pain. And the third group will be what we call the, um, we call it sensitization of the central nervous system. Very similar to nerve pain, but yet uh, there is no real insult to the nerve itself. The nerves just got sensitized by itself. So like you mentioned earlier, fibromyalgia being a very good example. Another group will be menopausal pain. itself also can be in this group as well. So these three broad groups will be able to kind of capture the flavor of the different type of uh, chronic persistent pain conditions. Here's the thing, with such a wide variety of causes and so many different things that could be at play for different groups of patients, men, women, young, old, it's, it's across the board really when it comes to something like this. It's not as easy as saying that the pain will stop when we solve the root problem because sometimes you can't find the root problem as you described as well, right? Absolutely. So that's why you, you brought up a very good point whereby when the pain continues to persist, when the word chronic pain is being labeled to the patient, the patient is kind of stuck when, especially they say there's, they, they can't find a cause of it. And then they get labeled with, um, oh, this is part of degeneration. You're just getting old. So this chronic pain is due to old age, it's due to degeneration, and there's nothing you can do about it. That's so far from the truth. That's not, that's not true at all. We can actually, if you talk about degenerative pain, <clears throat> we can talk about an inflammatory pain model. The first example, the first group, we should be able to kind of get to the bottom of it and we are able to control the pain very well through the use of like what you said, try to use anti-inflammatories, try to stop the uh, pain generator, whether is it through minimally invasive procedures or through surgical uh, options. So we, we can get rid of the pain generator. Even for the second group, now that we are as pain specialists, we are very cognizant and we are now able to say that Chronic pain itself is not so voodoo anymore. It's not like uh, we don't understand. 
You don't have to say that, uh, oh, your pain is so difficult that nobody understands, that it's all in your head, that, uh, you know, you, you're just imagining it. It's my poor patients, I mean, yeah. they've gone around the block, they've seen every single one, and then they're so relieved when they say that, oh, there's finally a cause for why they're in pain, and that cause is not in their head. They, they are so relieved with that. And, and it's, it's really, that's the truth. It's just that... It, when the doctors don't understand why the chronic pain persists when they cannot, using the standard investigation, cannot find the cause of pain, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It just means that they don't understand the chronic pain condition. And for pain patients, we are quite clued in the space and we are able to be able to help the patients and to kind of give them a proper diagnosis and treatment. Dr. Lee, for many people who have been diagnosed with some form of chronic pain, very often the first thing that they would be prescribed would be some, some painkillers as well as maybe some anti-inflammatories and, and they might be on this for a little while as well, again, depending on the cause of the actual pain and we've discussed how varied that can be as well. Is it safe? Is this a good first step? in terms of chronic pain management? Is that what's to be expected? Um, this habit has been around for a very long time. It's going to be hard to change even the doctor's prescribing habit because um, once they see pain, they will always associate with um, painkillers. Um, but uh, like as we already understand, pain, chronic pain itself does not necessarily mean that it is always an inflammatory pain model. For those that are inflammatory pain, uh, for example, like arthritis of the knee or like a, a festering wound or a, a cancer, um, using non-steroidal non -steroidal, anti-inflammatory and uh, even steroids uh, will be good to help them. Like rheumatoid arthritis, whereby there's an ongoing destruction and degeneration of the joints, using such painkillers are necessary or helpful. And uh, we may even have to continue using them because the source of uh, pain is constantly there. While the um, need to use them, there's always this fear about uh, using them in excess. And there's uh, this fear of uh, you know, causing kidney failures, causing uh, high blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera. So we try to minimize or reduce them to the least amount that we can uh, so-called help with the pain. So to answer that, uh, you know, in short, yes, painkillers, can be used where the cause of the pain is inflammatory in nature, and uh, we try to use it to the least amount so that we can so-called uh, minimize and watch out and look out for potential side effects with regard to long-term use. But, but how, other... how do we do that? How do we manage that? Is it titrated? Because in some cases, people with chronic pain might be, here's the, here's the dispensary of what you need to take, when it runs out, come and fill it up again and carry on and see me in one or two months' time. You know, that might be the case, right? And is that too long? <laughs> so generally, we try to titrate them to a... So the initial follow-up will be like within one week to two weeks. And we try to control their pain uh, using the, uh, like you said, all these standard painkillers. And if it works well, generally... Um, there's no need to increase in terms of the doses because the pain generator is fairly constant unless there is an increase in a new problem, like suddenly the patient developed a fracture in the background of a rheumatoid arthritis 
Yeah, the knee suddenly cracked and it broke. Yeah, so there is a new problem and that has to be dealt with not just by giving painkillers. Sure. So, but on the contrary, a lot of the times whereby the pain is not well controlled with all these anti-inflammatories, then we have to start asking ourselves, the cause itself may not be inflammatory in nature. It can be the second group or the third group, whereby it can be a nerve problem. It can be a hypersensitivity of the central nervous system. So all these things, by increasing painkillers, you will not get any better pain relief. In fact, you will get more side effects without any uh, outcome at all. Good point. So that's the main issue, right? We, we want to know what is the, the real issue. If the NSAIDs are working, that's possibly good news. If it's not working, that means we're missing something. We need to understand what's really at play here as well. So what's the rule of thumb? How mm-hmm. long should a chronic pay, a pain patient roughly be on an NSAID or anti-inflammatories? Or is it, is it in the weeks? Is it in the months? It's usually in the weeks. So when, when we see our patients within two weeks, we like to review them. And once we get their acute on chronic, pain is under control, they reach this kind of uh, the threshold where the pain itself is less than 5 out of 10 or less than 3 out of 10, and it's just smoldering in the background. And that is, to us, we call it a controlled state, a stable pain state. If the patient is consistently having 8 out of 10, 10 out of 10, pain is troubling the patient, causing them significant amount of distress, then the patient is not well controlled and they will tend to want to reach out for more painkillers and even go up to opioids, which may not necessarily be the answer, which resulted in what this, you know, in our, our states, you know, they, they, uh, our Western counterparts whereby they have a lot of opioid crisis because of the so-called rampant use of opioids at all. That's a, a different topic for another day. Yeah. So two weeks if the pain is not well controlled, go back to see the doctor. The doctor should be able to titrate accordingly. If by another two weeks is still not getting better and the pain is like in 10 out of 10, then we have to relook at a problem to say that potentially the cause may not be an inflammatory pain model. It could be a shingles pain that was misdiagnosed for like, for example, or it could be a, a, uh, like a diabetic foot whereby the nerve itself is injured and the foot pain is not well controlled, just by pouring more painkillers, by giving stronger painkillers, it's not going to help. It will just cause more drowsiness, more side effects, more nausea, and even sometimes, yeah, renal impairment and all. So Dr. Lee, at the end of the day, what is an approach that you would advocate, a more multidisciplinary approach to understanding and treating and managing chronic pain? Yes. Uh, Just now we just talked about a mono mono modality of treatment whereby we try to eradicate a pain generator, we try to suppress the inflammation, we try to get rid of the source by surgery or minimally invasive procedures. But we actually always advocate a multidisciplinary approach because we know that movement, physio, rehabilitation is just as important to prevent muscle wastage, to prevent sarcopenia, to make sure that the patient is able to mobilize. So contrary to the idea that when you're in chronic pain, you should be resting, you should be sitting around and not doing anything. We actually do advocate that patients continue to be active, to mobilize and not to have muscle wastage. Furthermore, we also add in the psychological component whereby sometimes the pain can be so distressing that a patient is just completely consumed by the emotional aspect of pain. 
not that they are completely depressed, but they are just so distressed by the pain that they just need some help whether is it in the form of sleep, whether it's in the form of just mental counseling or even just medications to be able to just stabilize the uh, nerve sensitivity of it all. So multidisciplinary approach is, is, a, is the way forward whereby patients, when they are suffering from a chronic pain conditions because a monomodality will not be able to achieve a multimodal problem of what a chronic pain is all about. It's still an ever-evolving sector of medicine, isn't it? I mean, pain management, I'm great, glad to see its rise here, but I don't think we've reached that maturity level that we see in other um, uh, societies as well. We're getting there, I would imagine. We, we are, we are. I mean, uh, definitely in terms of our primary care, our GPs and all, because they're still not familiar with uh, how to treat an, a chronic pain condition, uh, whether it's an arthritis, whether it's a back pain, or whether it's a shingles, or whatever, they'll tend to treated with a very simple painkillers kind of, uh, you know, a response. And it's not better than it gives stronger painkillers and it's still not better. They send it to, depending on the specialty where, where the condition is arising from. Yeah. If it's knee, they'll send it to the orthopedic. If it's the head, they'll send it to the neurosurgeon. Mm -hmm. And actual fact, any kind of chronic pain, it should be what the pain specialist should be involved in because we are able to see the whole breadth of it, the whole spectrum, and give a very good and clear diagnosis and, and be able to be very targeted in terms of the approach. And we provide the alternative to open surgery itself, itself. So we don't need to subject the patient for surgery at all in some cases whereby surgery sometimes is overdone. Yeah, so I'm glad to see the rise once again. And, and again, if you're in doubt, go and get that second opinion. Speak to your doctor. Maybe ask for that referral when it comes to managing your chronic pain. Dr. Lee, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time today. Dr. Bernard Lee has been joining me, consultant pain specialist and CEO of the Singapore Pain Centre. Before making any decisions based on the information in our programme, please consult a medical professional.